This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. Hello, I'm Cal Steiger. Welcome to another episode of Discovery. A few weeks ago, I introduced you to a series from the West Coast, Indigenous Voices of Vancouver Island. In that first episode, we heard from Indigenous entrepreneurs who were working in the travel and tourism industry, finding sustainable ways to share the rugged beauty of the forests, beaches, inlets, and towns they call home with curious tourists like me. Hosted by Chattis Leo, a member of the Homalco First Nations, the series is made up of five separate episodes and is funded by Four Vancouver Island. Today I am bringing you episode three called Destinations. Listen in as we are taken north to the tip of Vancouver Island, the traditional territory of the Kuakuakus people, where we visit some magnificent wilderness destinations and discover just how special this northernmost part of Vancouver Island is. It is the home of BC's world-renowned Great Bear Rainforest. Isolated, untouched, and the very definition of wild, the Great Bear Rainforest is 6.4 million hectares and is one of the largest remaining tracts of unspoiled temperate rainforests in the world. The area is home to species such as cougars, wolves, salmon, grizzly bear, and the Cremode spirit bear, a unique subspecies of the black bear in which 1 in 10 cubs display a recessive white-colored coat. In Port Hardy, the gateway to authentic unspoiled natural adventure, Chattis joins lead guide Mike Willie of the Masgamaku Zawadanehu First Nations for wildlife viewing with coastal rainforest safaris. In the town of Campbell River, traditional territory of the Wawakum First Nation, part of the Kukwakuaku peoples, he boards a float plane to the Great Bear Rainforest with Brian Collin, general manager of Night Inlet Lodge. In every word spoken, you can hear the pride in the land and waters in the voices of these operators. Even after countless excursions, you can hear the continued awe for the breathtaking beauty of the land and the majesty of the creatures who inhabit these spaces. Come along with me as we listen into the indigenous voices of Vancouver Island. indigenous communities spanning across Vancouver Island. Each of these communities belong to one of the Coast Salish, New Channel, or Kukwakuwakuf nations. In the first two episodes of this podcast series, we spent quite a bit of our time together on the west coast of Vancouver Island, the edge of North America in New Channel traditional territory. We've also traversed the Salish Sea, on the other side of the island and the capital city of British Columbia, Victoria, which is also Coast Salish territory, home to the Songhees and Esquimalt nations. On this episode, we head north to the traditional territory of the Kokwakuaku peoples. This is episode three of Indigenous Voices of Vancouver Island, a five-part podcast series where we experience Vancouver Island through the stories of Indigenous tourism brought to you by 4VI. In this episode, we are going to visit some magnificent wilderness destinations that I believe will help you understand just how special the north end of Vancouver Island is, as well as BC's world-renowned Great Bear Rainforest. 
Once again, let's hit the road and this time head up to Port Hardy. I'm your host Chad Asleo and I have Coast Salish roots from the Homalco First Nation and I am forever grateful to call this island my home. Now let's go on another adventure. The town of Port Hardy is about a five and a half hour drive north of Victoria, four hours north of Nanaimo. We're at the northern tip of Vancouver Island, the gateway to authentic, unspoiled, natural adventure. The town is the shared traditional territory of the Quagilt, Guasala Nakodahu, and Quatsino First Nations each a part of the Kokwakiwakuf nations, stretching from the Camboever area up to Smith Inlet. Port Hardy and the neighboring Fort Rupert are deeply rooted in Kokwakiwakuf culture. Petroglyphs carved into sandstone, carefully carved totems, and an elaborately painted big house are testaments to the long heritage and still living culture of people who have worked the land and called the area home for millennia. It's here in Port Hardy we hop aboard Big Red. This is the rigid, hull-inflatable wildlife viewing boat belonging to Coastal Rainforest Safaris. At 27 feet with four rows of cushy red seating, Big Red was built specifically for whale watching, explains co-owner and lead guide Mike Willie of the Muskamaku Zawatanehu First Nations. Well, we offer uh, boat-based safaris uh, out of Port, Port Hardy and uh, we go in and around uh, the northern tip of Vancouver Island to the adjacent mainland. And just looking at the, the, the abundant uh, scenery and the abundant wildlife that we have within the region, but also touching on the First Nations culture. And a lot of, there's a lot of um, old village sites, uh, archeological features uh, that we also talk about. Coastal Rainforest Safari's signature tour is the six-hour sea otter and whale watching tour. Mike's business partner and fellow lead guide Andrew Jones is here and shares the backstory of how Coastal Rainforest Safaris came to begin offering wildlife viewing boat tours in the summer of 2020. It's a pretty interesting story in that both Mike and I already own wilderness businesses on northern Vancouver Island. I own a company called Kingfisher Wilderness Adventures and we're just wrapping up our 24th season of kayak trips on the North Island. And a number of years ago, I started working very closely with Mike and his other business, Seawolf Adventures, doing a package where we sold, um, added on his grizzly tours to our kayak tours. And then we were at an event and Mike and I were chatting and he was saying how he gets people who want to do multi-day tours, but that's not what he specializes in. And I do specialize in multi-day tours, but I had people who wanted to do something beyond just the regular kayaking, maybe something that was a little bit more accessible. So it's a little different than where we're at right now, but we were planning to open up a luxury wilderness camp at the north end of Vancouver Island. We were two weeks away from breaking ground on construction when March 2020, we thought we might have to delay it a couple of uh, months because of COVID. And now two years later, you know, we're, we're still not proceeding with the camp, but when we were doing our business plan, we recognized how special the area was, and, but also how no one was doing these kind of 
wilderness safaris out of the north end of um, out of Port Hardy. So we saw that as an opportunity. And because of COVID, we transitioned into the day trips. We are still now doing some multi-day trips on a customized basis and working with photography tours. But really, it was the foundation of it became through the partnership Mike and I had already developed through our existing businesses. And we wanted to work closely together to develop this new business. And as Mike had said, kind of open up some new areas and really train and build capacity on the north end of the island uh, within the Indigenous communities, hiring and training local people as well. The Kwakwakiwak have a rich culture that reflects the riches of the natural environment. Their song, stories, dances, and ceremonial objects honor the animals, rivers, cedar trees, salmon, and all of those things that help sustain the Kwakwakiwak physically and spiritually. Mike, who is a hereditary chief in his nation, knows these traditions well and weaves these cultural elements into the tour. So for, for, for my part, uh, being Indigenous, it's very, very important to uh, teach and educate uh, our um, visitors about who we are and where we come from. And, you know, where we, you know, some of these things include some of the atrocities that has happened within Canada towards First Nations people and specifically towards my mom during the residential school era. She is a residential school survivor. Um, I, we touch on the, the, the pandemic that happened between 1860, 1880, the smallpox, which wiped out around 90% of our people. Um, hence why you see uh, depopulated areas or, or places we don't occupy anymore. So really try to tie all of that in to the present because the present is, you know, we're, what we're trying to do is, is break out of that. Uh, yeah, um, and we're trying to do that through tourism and bringing um, our own people, you know, our, our uh, for Seawolf and, and, and CRS, we employ uh, Indigenous people. So we'd like to bring them back into their own territory and get them reconnected. And what the guests get out of that, they get to be a part of this story right, this story, and, you know, they, they come as guests and they leave as allies. You know, once they know, they get the picture that, you know what, there's a lot of uh, ancient village sites out here. Um, they, they, they um, once you tell them that, uh, you know, the archaeological sites, uh, the archaeological record is at least 15,000 years, but our elders always believe it's more. That kind of throws uh, something at them where, wow, like that's, that's really old and ancient. You know, you guys have been here for a long, long time. And so then we couple it to where we want to go, right? Um, we want to be able to expand and we want to expand into our territories. We have to be utilizing, occupying our territories. And so that's what it's about for me um, on, on, on Indigenous side. Uh, and yes, they, they, really, they really support that from all around the world. Thanks for letting me know, Mike. I actually want to do a follow up on what you're saying there. Do you do you really feel like a lot? You know, in this day and age, as 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 we're progressing through um, personal um, personal actions of reconciliation, a lot of people are really trying to do things for themselves on their path of what they think makes sense. Do you find people are, that are taking the tours from whether it's local from around the world coming to see you? Um, do they feel like that's that? participating in your tour could be a way of, of understanding 
what happened and how to help, um, you know, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like uh, a lot of our guests are coming. They have that little bit of education, put it that way, self-educated, and they do want to know about what happened to us as First Nations. Um, And they do want to know what's happening currently as well. And so I do wear a political hat, so I'm up on uh, the political game. Um, So we could have these deep discussions with them. And I feel that, like I said, they come as guests and they they come as um, wanting to help in some sort of way. Um, Some of them do know about uh, uh, truth and reconciliation, but they leave much deeper with a deeper understanding. And we've had a lot of uh, returns and repeats because of that. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Thank you, Mike. Andrew, I want to move over to you and, and really discuss, you know, more about the guests. So let's say, you know, you have your guests, they come do this tour. You know, I know there's several different kinds that you guys are doing. What do you want the guests to generally feel at the end of the tour, the adventures? Like, what do you really want them to take away with them when they're when they're done? I think a big part of it is we want them to go home knowing a little bit more than when they showed up, whether it be about Indigenous culture, about reconciliation, or about the wildlife as well. Everyone comes with different expectations, and each of our guides can share different information and different stories. And I think as long as our guests are going home, appreciating what they have seen and what they have learned, and maybe think of what they can do in their day-to-day lives to make things better, again, whether it be through the environment through how you deal with other people, through reconciliation, all of these different things, I think we've made a bit of progress and a bit of a win. So no matter what it is, as long as they go home learning something new and wanting to improve what they do at home, I think we've done our job. Coastal Rainforest Safaris is expanding, bringing on a new custom-made tour boat and increasing their business capacity to be able to bring more people, guests and locals out into the traditional territory of the surrounding Indigenous peoples. We don't want to do the tours that are just the cookie-cutter bus tours. We want people to come out and really experience the area. Our most popular trip right now, it is a six-hour tour versus, you know, the three-hour, which kind of immerses people a little bit. But we really like to develop those longer tours where people can build more of an understanding of the area and the wildlife and the people. And yes, it is still on the back burner at the moment, but we are looking at how we can continue to develop these multi-day tours. I think you'll hear some exciting news on that in the in the coming year from us on how we can continue to return to what our initial plans were. But we're really excited about what we're doing with these day trips right now. Sea otters, humpback whales, orcas, porpoises, Pacific white side dolphins, stellar sea lions, bald eagles, and a multitude of seabirds surrounded by sea and cedar trees. This is what Vancouver Island is all about. As I do on all of our excursions around this beautiful part of the world, I ask Mike to share a word or two in his language that hold a particularly special meaning to him and his tour. Yeah, you know, um, a very special place, um, of course, to the Tlaxiquila people, 
you know, that's their ancestral village site. Uh, and that is where we were going to put um, uh, the original idea of coastal rainforest safaris, a luxurious safari camp. We call it Humdasbet. Humdasbet means uh, the place of otters. So, um, yeah, it's uh, the environment uh, reflects the word. And, uh, yeah, very special place. Pela Kesla means also thank you and also means welcome, too. Gela Kasla to Mike Willie and Andrew Jones, co-owners and lead guides of Coastal Rainforest Safaris, based out of Port Hardy at the northern tip of Vancouver Island, and bringing you into the heart of the Great Bear Rainforest. For more information about the company and how to book your next tour, you can visit CoastalRainforestSafaris.com. Now we're going to stay in the Great Bear Rainforest and check out a floating grizzly bear viewing resort tucked away deep in the sheltered waters of Night Inlet. We drive from Port Hardy two and a half hours down Highway 19 to the town of Campbell River traditional territory of the Weewakum First Nation, part of the Kokwakiwak peoples. From here we go to the offices of Night Inlet Lodge where we board a small float plane. Flying over a series of small bays and islands, we reach the longest fjord on BC's coast, Night Inlet, in the heart of the Great Bear Rainforest. We land at Night Inlet Lodge, a unique floating resort surrounded by steep mountains rising out of the ocean, thundering glacier-fed waterfalls, and towering rainforests, all home to lots of, you guessed it, grizzly bears. Starting in late May right through till uh, mid-October, so we get that time of the year where the bears are coming out of hibernation, coming down into uh, the estuaries, and uh, feeding in that area through the summer and then the salmon start to return uh, about this time late you know mid-august and uh, so that's the viewing then uh, switches over to that focus of seeing grizzly bears uh, feeding on uh, spawning salmon that is brian collin general manager of night inlet lodge the lodge offers experiences that range between two nights and six night stays that really give guests the chance to ground themselves in the territory around them but it's not only grizzlies that make this place special. The protected waters of Night Inlet are home to whales, seabirds, seals, and an array of other marine life. Grizzly bear viewing is what attracts people to the area uh, and to come and visit the lodge. We do other offer other activities. Uh, we do whale watching, uh, where we send folks back out towards Johnson Strait. Uh, we have some different walking tours. We have. Uh, some interpretive tours where guests are taken out and they get a better understanding how bears use the forest ecology and uh, we can uh, highlight some of the grizzly bear research uh, that we've been conducting in that area for over the past 20 years. So um, guests are kept pretty busy. They start their mornings uh, on tours at 7.30, which runs through till uh, almost 6 o'clock in the evening with short breaks in between some tours. 
in the evening, one of our guides will put on a presentation, a natural history presentation, or one of our researchers will put on a presentation. Uh, so that takes them through, and it pretty much takes them through till between meals and whatnot, about 9 o'clock in the evening, uh, and guests are pretty tired by the end of the day, and they're off to bed. So it's, uh, we try to keep them, you know, uh, offer them lots of activities to keep them busy through the day. Nine Inlet Lodge is co-owned by five Indigenous communities that call the Great Bear Rainforest home, including the Danakdaku, Awetalala, Mamililikula, Tlobosis, Weewekum, and Comox. One of the objectives, of course, uh, with uh, the Namakos purchasing this was to, to create opportunities for employment uh, for the member nations and for the especially with younger people. So uh, we started out with uh, looking at uh, apprenticeship programs, uh, job training, and also job experience programs. And we were just ramping that up. Uh, and this was focused for First Nations uh, younger folks. Unfortunately, COVID hit. Uh, and then we lost uh, a couple years where we were, you know, 2020 and 2021, we were actually closed. So uh, this year we're just getting things back up to speed and looking to bring that, you know, bring those programs back onto line. We do, uh, we do have some indigenous uh, staff, some right from the Denakta Wheatla Nation. Uh, they work closely with us. Uh, they were uh, guardians for the nation. So they help us out a lot with cultural interpretation uh, when folks are out on tours and we're out on the land base, that type of thing. British Columbia's Great Bear Rainforest is a 6.4 million hectare region. It's one of the largest tracts of unspoiled temperate rainforest left in the entire world. Being an Indigenous-owned resort in one of the most pristine places on Earth, the team at Night Inlet Lodge are dedicated to their conservation efforts. They were part of the advocacy that led to the ban of grizzly bear trophy hunting and they are engaged in wild salmon enhancement and restoration projects as food security for grizzly bears in the area. Well, two of our uh, primary objectives is, uh, you know, certainly people come to, they want to see the bears, but we also want to, we were fortunate that guests stay two, three, four nights with us, so we have time to uh, really spend time with them. And one of the key messages is to deliver, for folks to understand the importance of grizzly bears and the habitat that uh, is required to support grizzly bear, have, you know, grizzly bear populations, and to understand that, you know, there we have a built-in conservation fees, for example, which get funneled right back into grizzly bear conservation and, and salmon conservation. So we're hoping they make that connection where you know they're visiting also is helping in that uh, in in that. Uh, continuing to enhance grizzly bear uh, conservation and populations, particularly in our area, and then also uh, further afield. And then the other, the other objective is to hopefully people will make that connection with that, uh, you know, there was people that occupied this land for thousands of years before we were there. And to see some of the indigenous staff that we have there, these are you know generations from um, from that area, and they're given these opportunities to work and live right in within their traditional lands, and to be able to share some of the history uh, from you know from their people and from their experiences in the past. So those are the two main objectives for uh, we hope, the messaging we hope we're delivering to our guests. 
Once again, thank you to Brian Collin, General Manager of Night Inlet Lodge, a unique floating resort bringing us up close and personal with grizzly bears and their natural habitat. For more information on their tours, you can visit grizzlytours.com. That does it for Episode 3 of Indigenous Voices on Vancouver Island, a five-part series experiencing Vancouver Island through the stories of Indigenous tourism. This podcast is made possible by 4VI, a social enterprise created to ensure that travel is a force for good for Vancouver Island forever. My name is Chad Asleo, and I'm proud to call this island my home. I'm especially proud to share that in our next episode, we'll be visiting my home territory of the Humalco First Nation peoples. Thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit about what makes Vancouver Island a truly special place. That's it for this week's episode. Join us next week for another edition of Discovery as we continue to explore the power of storytelling. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.